Hello and welcome to another episode of D&D Valiant Odyssey. It is your Dungeon Master Aaron here around the table with the Crown Killers. They have returned to their stomping ground of Meditary, but they have returned to a changed place. But before we get into that, our characters are going to reintroduce themselves. They're going to give us their name, race, and class. And the question they are going to answer is, what's the best sandwich? The best sandwich to me is a toasted ham and cheese. (laughs) It's savory. It's warm, it's delicious, and people try to add to it by putting like mayo and sauce, not just your standard ham and cheese toasty. Hi, I'm Tom, and I play Malik Bjorn again. Here's a barbarian berserker and foyer, and I think sandwich-wise, he would be a big fan of a Cuban. Um, It's got two types of pig in it, and they're bloody delicious, man. (laughs) God damn. I'm going to have one tonight, actually. Fantastic. G'day, guys. Michael, I play Drew Ede, the ugly human druid. For Drew, best sandwich, uh, as many ground, almost sh- shrubbery type things he could find. So we're talking mushrooms, we're talking you know, a bit of taters, bit of A potato capsicum. burger, and, but the burgers are mushroom. Exactly mushroom. that. The buns are mushroom. Yeah, the buns are mushrooms. All right, Matty, you're up. Hello, well, Matt's Adventurers. I am Matthew and I play Shavi, the rogue assassin of the group, and- not necessarily a sandwich, but Shabby's favorite breadish bit of food would be fairy bread. <laughs> Not yeah. a sandwich. It, it's a sandwich. You, you can put it together. Have two it pieces is of fairy bread. Yeah. 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 For those of you that aren't in Australia, fairy bread is hundreds of thousands with uh, with bread. You put butter on bread and you stick hundreds of put thousands sprinkles on it. It's, and it's magical and a delightful. Staple at any birthday party between the ages of four and ninety nine. If you're hundred, no fairy bread. No fairy. Bread. <laughs> <laughs> You've aged out just like Lego. Hundreds and thousands, I'm pretty sure, is an Australian thing. All right, sprinkles. 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 Uh, G'day, my name's Kyle. I play just Sweet Unju, the rogue fighter gunslinger. And uh, I reckon just Sweet would be an Italian BMT on Italian herbs and cheese, uh, double meat, tomato, capsicum, onion, Salt, pepper, toasted. And if anybody wants to order Kyle a sandwich, you now know what to send to his P.O. box. The address for that will be in the show notes. (laughs) (laughs) Only served on a French baguette. With the Rod of Fathoms firmly in the grip of Drew Ede, the Crown Killers made a very difficult choice to jump through an unknown portal and travel to an underwater realm where they were welcomed as locals due to the strangeness of the technology they brought. Using this to their advantage, they recuperated their injuries, whilst seeking the civilization's greatest scientist, in order to send them home. Not knowing what they would return to, the Crown Killers ran into some trouble when it came to this return, as their curious saviors attempted to make them their captors. Having negotiated a release, the Crown Killers returned. Days later, finding their home of Mediteri a complete wasteland. The cause of such destruction? Well, that was the outcast himself. Delnak had tracked down the Crown Killers, returning to deliver on the promise he made them. That everything they built would either be destroyed or become his. The crown killers now sit, hoping to find some form of escape. 
before the outcast's reach finds them as well. So as we cut in, you can see the dank uh, surroundings of your area seems to be made of stone. You are protected by this magical shield seemingly created by Corvindor Calcus. You have just watched Kaelin and Brennan, the elven Almiran individuals called and summoned by Jiswi, just leave this area for their salvage run. The four of you gather around a barrel with a map of Mediteri left in front of you. You can see Annie and Rodessa around the sides of this space as the remaining survivors in this area seem to occupy themselves. I think that uh, the uh, our friends from Almira have the right way of it. I, uh, I feel we ask them to escort the majority of these people out of the city to the south and away to the capital. That uh, should keep them safe. And Delnak is after us. So it should take them out of his eyesight. I agree. I think we're the one Delnak wants. It wouldn't be right to, to drag the rest of them with us. As much as we need to get out of here. I think we need to send them so we can try and find another way out so we can get to Cadmia. I think we sneaky sneaky out to the north gate. Definitely don't want to tango with anyone. If we can avoid it. Sneaky sneaky. Do what we do best. Not to be a uh, fly amongst the dags, boys. What if we do run into Bullsack? Then we die like a man. Yeah. All right. I think there's a cup. I can say that there's definitely a couple of us here that have been wanting to have a, a stab at old Bullsack. I uh, don't have a stake in this fight, but you did promise to rid me of my turtle problem and through a really fucked up way, you've done that. So I'm with you, Bullsack or no. Do, uh, are we suggesting a, a distraction? I think if we... Try and be sneaky as sneaky does. We don't really need a distraction. But if he rocks up, maybe if he doesn't see us, we send a distraction and see if we can distract and run. What um what senses do these roaming parties of husks use as sensory organs? Um I'd say you're not too sure because you probably have never encountered any undead. <laughs> oh, like, oh, I did at the the wedding that I crashed. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I would say definitely noise. Uh, you think that their vision is probably lacking, uh, but not impossible to see. Maybe some sort of tremor uh, in the form of can sense life around them, but you're not too sure beyond right. that. Okay. So I was just thinking that um the magical portal that old Commodore was using could be handy, but they don't use magic to sense their prey. Mm. But Dalnak does. Mm, he does. So at this point, you can hear Rodessa pipe in and she says, So if we are attempting an escape to the northeast, I take it we are heading to Cadmia to your friends and the rest of us to the south. G'day, love. I think this is the plan. There are not many options at this point. So how would we divide these people? How would you divide us? Well, I was assuming that you wanted to come with us and get some revenge. My position is unquestioned, as is Annie's. I do believe that Covindor's motivation will be his own safety. It seems the Almiran elves will take your command. The rest, they will be unable to defend themselves in this city and outside of. They will need somebody or some something. Yeah, I thought they were going with the elves. Is that what you're commanding them to do? Yeah. Okay. Then it is settled. Kaelin and Brennan will take the survivors. 
You will have to ask Covendor yourself. I do not think you will blindly take command. Commodore. Uh, yeah, yes, I'm, I'm being summoned. What expertise do you require of me now? It's been quite a while since I've cast any kind of magic. My fingers are getting tingly. What is your decision? Are you escaping with us? Or are you escaping it, with escape? everybody uh, else? Upon your turn, I thought we would take back the castle. And Kill the outcast. How do you expect us to do this? Okay, you, you go ahead with that. Oh, I, I, I am not what you would call a, um, a leader. If you were going in, I would definitely follow. But if you are all escaping, I am well aboard that plan too. Well, will you escape with us? Can you guarantee my safety? Not in the slightest. And what is the alternative? Certain death. Well, allow me to ponder my options. You watch as he turns around 180 from you and then turns straight back. He says, I've thought about it. I'll be coming. A wise choice, my friend. Very good. Now, are we sending the rest of these people in like lambs to the slaughter? Or nice little distraction for us all to make our way northeast? They will be escaping to the south. Ah. So they will be escaping also. Yes. But they won't be escaping with you. We. Oui. And Delnak wants you. We. Oui. I'll be going south. That's fine. All debts are paid. We owe you nothing. Wonderful. Will that, will that be all? Yes. Do you have anything in your artillery that could cause a discretion? Ah, yes. Yes, I do. None that I will use because I want to get out alive. Well, how much gold would it take to take this distraction from you? Uh, my bed is still cold from the last promise you made. So, thieves can't find a bag of rubies or something. He can hold out lots of dollars handful of rubies he holds them and he says what would you have me do what would be your uh i can make suggestion boom i can make things go shh or i can crackle things from under the earth what would you like i can cause a shatter of of an earthquake i'm what you would call and this might be a technical term for a lot of you on train cards but an evoker how about a, uh, an earthquake on the Z Castle? Ah, according to D&D Beyond. <laughs> <laughs> the rules are 5A. <laughs> 100 feet will be the diameter, I guess you could say. But it is very hard to cast an arcane spell on top of an arcane lit land. Maybe just outside of. I think Maybe it's a great just idea. outside of. Anything in, that in might... In the other direction. Yes, and... Send any wanting or unwanting eyes or bodies to a different location from where we're planning to be. So judging by this map, you would have me cast the earthquake on the eastern side of the Corsair's... Apologies, the Crown Killer's Castle. Ah, the northern side, of course. Very well, it will be done. I will wait for you to tell us that we're leaving. All right, and and then, uh, do you, uh... You can put the the, uh, the pass without trace sneakiness on us all? I can. Is everyone ready? Well, we just have to wait for the Almira and Oz to come back. An hour or so passes. They do return with some scrapes of food. You watch as they divvy it out between you all. And uh, Kaylin and Brennan are filled in on the plan that you intend to do. They agree to take any survivors through the southern gate knowing that most of the heat 
so to speak, or the wanted stars, if you follow GTA, <laughs> will be going on the players heading to the northeast. So as the hour passes, there is a somber attitude throughout this space as everything that is worth taking is packed up. And although this space looked bare before, you all stand in the doorway and look back to a place that was called home for about 20 or so days by these individuals, these survivors. As you all exit, you hear the stone wall drop and you make your way outside of the stone ruin. As they as they file out of the stone ruin, Charvi and Jasui are standing at the, as they file past, handing all of them a handful of gold coins each. But when they make it to capital... Marduk's standing there shaking hands as they go past. Mm-hmm. You do notice... Wishing them good luck. Um, ...that... Corvindor passes you quite a few times <laughs> as he goes out and then through a window and then comes back out and then through a window to collect multiple bags of gold. And each time he looks different, people you have not seen before. <laughs> and each time in the same voice, he says, thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, bon voyage. And then uh, as we're making our way up onto the street, I'm going to roll sleight of hand. So at this moment, you stand on the outskirts of this space one of you roll a perception check, please. This is where um, I'll cast Pass Without Trace too, so you'll see a flourish of uh, Drew's hands and a shadowy veil will almost encompass him and the radius around us. 13. Okay, so looking up and down the street that you are currently in and around one of the corners, you don't appear to see any walking undead in this area. It's at that point you give the signal and a salute to your Almiran brothers and the both of them take the remaining survivors in a southerly direction and they disappear amongst the rubble. When will we get in Commodore to uh, make now. a big bang? Now? At that okay. point, he looks to you and says, Arrivederci. And he begins to make his way across like the saboteur he is towards the east. You watch as he moves past one of the buildings, a shimmer moved down from his head to his toe as he cast invisibility on himself moving his way through the streets. It seems now you slowly make your way northeast until you hear the bang. Rodessa with you, Annie with you, the rest of your survivors seemingly taken care of. Delt checks. 22. 21. 31. 37. Yeah. So making your way through this area, you can see that... Making my way downtown, walking fast. At that moment, you can see your surviving allies, Annie and Rodessa, stealthily making their way behind you with their uh, Pass Without Trace, attuned to them also through Drew. You make your way to the northern sections where you can see one of the larger taverns in Mediteri in this space. You can see an upturned boat that seems to provide some cover and it's there that you sit and you wait as... A horde of these undead shamble by. You hear their voices just echoing amongst one another as they shamble past. As that happens, you also see in the air this uh, this flying-like creature that seems to manoeuvre its way across you. You hear the billowing of its wings. <laughs> you do see the zombified form of an Aracocra that seems to be shining through this area. As it's flying across your vision, you hear it squawk as it does. So you stand here for a moment. The second passes and another and nothing. You can see the Crown Killer Castle glowing in green. And as it does so, 
the structures around it start to crumble and fall as you hear this tremendous crack as if the earth has been broken in two. As it does so, it sounds almost like the earth is laughing in the manner that Corvindor would himself if he was casting that spell and all the hordes that seem to be around you begin to move their way towards that space. It seems to be coming from the east and you hear it in the distance, probably a kilometer or two away from where you are. It's at that point you take this, look at each other and start to run. You have to roll a stealth check. If you're running, it's athletics. Stealth, 20. 18. Dirty 20. 30. Okay, so you make your way north and as you do, you pass by many uh, destroyed ruins. You watch as you duck under cover as a couple of Aracochran uh, undead figures move over the top of you seeming to head in the direction of the earth shake. You watch as these hordes make their way past you and you can even hear this lumbering sound that seems to be heavy feet moving in the direction of the east. As you make your way upwards, you do see what looks like the crumbled in harbour, knowing that this is your point in time to begin turning east. And as you do so, you start to make your way across one of the main streets, ducking in and out as you do so. What's your passive perspective? 15. Okay, so with a 15, as you begin making your way through towards the east, you glance back towards the Crown Killer Castle and you can see it flaring green. It doesn't appear to be shaken by the earthquake, but some of the buildings around it seem to be leveled and you look towards the direction where you told Corvindor to stay. And it's at that point you can see beaming from behind one of the towers, there's this green finger of energy like a laser beam that seems to go from one of the windows all the way down to the floor and as it does so it hits the figure of Corvindor and just splatters him oh, shit. across the ground. You hear him just <laughs> as he hits the ground and the earth shake seems to stop. It's at that point through this whole Holy space shit. <laughs> you hear the sound of a voice very familiar It says cover the exits they're trying to escape with that, Jisui, you push in front of Rodessa and Annie and move past everybody else and start to take the lead in this as you begin to make your way north. As you do so, you hear the hordes behind you towards the east begin to scatter through this area like ravenous dogs running through the streets. It's at that point as well, you see what looks like large rocks being flung from Crown Killer Castle that seem to go in various different directions. As they erupt around you, you watch as they bounce across the street in front of you, leveling some of the buildings that seem to be in this space. And as they level these buildings, you see this green arcane uh, smoke that seems to billow behind them. And each one seems to uh, destroy whatever is in its path. Roll a uh, third and final stealth check for me. Well done. 18. I got 42. 20. 28. All right. So as you begin moving through this area, the rocks begin to shower down upon you. Swooping down from the air, you can see one of the Aracochran individuals seem to glance across and they seem to see a blur of a vision moving through that doesn't appear to be undead and you watch them take a shot, uh, which will miss because I imagine a 10 doesn't hit your AC, Mardox. All right, so they fire at you. The noise echoes through this area and you can see that the guns that Jisui had crafted these individuals seem to be now working against you. The bullet ricochets off one of the buildings and as it does, you watch as all of the hordes in the area seem to converge on your area. It's at that point with your perception, Jisui, you look back towards Crown Killer Castle and almost like a small speck above the spire, you watch as a billowing figure in a dark cloak rises green energy surrounding around him 
and then start to travel in a northeasterly direction. Flying like Superman would through this area, arms outstretched as he does so. As you get towards the northeastern gate, dodging whatever comes your way, I will say that there are some zombie creatures that come into your area, but through the magic that you guys have and your ability to knock things down pretty quickly, I'm not going to roll initiative for you guys to fight like four zombies. So you just shoot them, hack them down, and then shabby, you slide under one of their legs and just cut their, their legs off completely. And as you kill them, they just completely turn to dust. Drew, you shoot these wisps of icy-like energy from your hand and these wisps of vines that just surround them and pull them completely apart as Mardox is just chopping through like a hedge trimmer as he goes through some of these areas. You slide over to the eastern side of the bay and as you look towards the northeastern gate, you can see that there is a huge congregation of undead there. And just sweet, in your hidden position, you watch as Delnak the outcast flies directly above you, banks over towards that gate, and touches down right on the tower. He doesn't seem to see you, but he looks out towards the area and says, Come out wherever you are. I think, uh, I think that we should all, uh, try for the bay. Yeah, can we swim for it? Yes, I think swimming for it right now would be the idea. So we're going for the, uh, the harbour mouth instead now. How, how close are we to the water, sorry? Uh, I'd say 300 or so feet away. Oh, still ages away. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you wanted to get closer to cast this spell, you can roll a stealth check if you want to. Stealthy boying as close to the water as possible. Okay, roll your stealth checks. 21. 24. 19. 42. <laughs> <laughs> Carry the one. 42. Uh, all right, so you slowly make your way underneath some of this rubble that seems to be concaved in the perfect way to indicate a downward slope towards the harbour. It's at this point you make your way across the concrete cobblestone surface and you feel the water begin to lap across you. Looking through the debris, you can see the cracks through this uh, this hiding place, this remote-looking um, bridge of destruction. You see flying across you just a set of three Aracocran individuals and you hear the call of these zombified humans to your left and you watch as the glowing green-handed figure of Delnak the Outcast shuffles across the sky above you, his black hair billowing in the wind, his golden arm illuminated in green as he seems to be casting different spells through this area. You see as he begins to... Drew, you would recognize a spell being cast that seems to emanate from his mind as it begins to project outward from him. You watch as there is some form of disturbance and he's just vocalizing his disgust. He's just, where are you? Uh, He can't seem to tap through to your exact location due to your pendants. And you look down at them and you can see that they're glowing red hot, actually protecting you in this moment. What do you do? I think it's big boy time. Send it. Put the big boy pants on. Get it done, Brucey. Put the big boy pants on. He does his pants up a little bit and uh, says this. Now and ever, boys. Let's go. And see almost a flourish of his hands, a little twinkly sort of, what do you got, spirit fingers. And you'll see a few pixies will pop out all around us, or eight to be exact. You guys watch as the runes flare on your necks. As you look up nervously, you can see in the distance about, say, 150 or so feet away, Delnak sort of shifts a quarter of a degree in your direction. You watch as he says, as if he's tapping into some sort of arcane weave here. It's at that moment you cast 
the conjure woodland beings. And what do we see? Eight little pixies will pop out. As they usually pop out, they dance around and skip in this jovial fashion. But as they do it this time, you immediately look at them and all six of you just shush them. And they're just like, oh, oh sorry. Um, it's at that moment what occurs. So four of them will uh, use polymorph on the other four to turn those little baby pixies into giant, tiny-armed, long-legged, long-tails, huge, chompy-teeth Tyrannosaurus rexes. As that spell is cast, polymorph being quite a large-leveled spell, giant lizard-like creatures bust through your hiding space and start to roar Jurassic Park-style through this area and start to move 30 to 40 feet away from you in their direction. Immediately in the air, 150 feet away, Delnak turns around and he says, Nah, gotcha. And he watches, he zooms towards them. Do one of us want to yell out something before? No. Like, no. 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 Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. We're swimming away. Just <laughs> keep swimming. Just keep swimming. Right. The swim almost, I guess, done. yeah. If anything, as we... So there's four pixies and there's four T-Rexes at this moment. I'm just going to roll an intelligence check for Delnak. Okay. Six. So 17. What is your spell, DC? Uh, 17. So meets it, beats it. He gets a 17. So 6 plus 11. So as he flies over at that moment, you watch as he sort of flashes in his brain as he's heading towards the T-Rexes and he goes, no. Yeah, but he, so he knows it was the Pixies. Delnak just beams down towards these Tyrannosaurus Rexes and as they do so, he turns directly around having this instance of intelligence through the arcane weave and he's, ah, no. There you are. And you watch as he green flash of arcane light coming from his golden hand, a spell you recognize as dispel magic. As it does so, you watch as one of the pixies just completely disapparate. And he says, ah, tricky. You watch then as one of the T-Rexes just apparate out of existence as well, seeming that the polymorph has been reversed, being a, a pixie once again. As he looks towards this area, you watch as he gets angry, casts this arcane blast and wave around him. It seems he is casting a wall of force. And as it moves around him, you watch as this bubble expands from his area, getting bigger and bigger and bigger. It encompasses the three T-Rex and one pixie that is left and the three pixies that remain there. It's at that point the four of you dive into the water, splashing outside of his vision. You watch as you're swimming as fast as you can as the wall of force expands from you. You need to roll athletics checks to try and out-swim this spell. What'd you get? 16 plus 2. 18 or so. 13. Oh, plus 9. 19 plus 9. Huge. 28. The arcane force of casting so many spells at once seems to slow Drew down. The three of you begin to pass. Rudessa passes you all as well. You watch as this spell increases in its diameter. I have a tattoo called Coil and Grasp, which is a tentacle that can reach 15 feet and grapple someone and grab someone. Can I bring him with me? Because I got a 20, no, 28. As Drew is swimming as fast as he can, the rest of you seems to be incredibly in front of him, almost 20 to 30 feet. You can see that this bubble of this wall of force is expanding at a speed that is going to catch up to him. You can hear Annie and Rodessa exclaim as if he's going to be caught. It seems that the arcane power to summon so many spells is just overtaking Drew's ability to swim. At that moment, Shavi, you realize... Your tattoo flares, and as it does so, this tentacle erupts from your arm. This arcane tattoo of teal and green wraps around Drew's leg. You yank him forward just as the wall of force begins to encompass part of his body. 
You watch as the wall of force stops and Drew drifts back towards all of you, having only just made his save. Whew. At that point, you look above the water, reflect, refracted by the light in this area. You can see an arcane battle occurring. Drew, you are systematically feeling the pixies being destroyed as if an arcane tether to them is being cut. You also feel the Tyrannosaurus being dispelled. And it's at that point as well, you guys continue to swim under the water in a direction toward the north, hugging the cliffside as if to create some cover from yourself and one of the most powerful arcane sorcerers in the world, the six of you traveling north through the Bay of Demos. First of all, thanks boys. (laughs) (laughs) So you begin swimming what seems like an hour. You're not sure how long it is. Systematically, just we, I'll say that you resurface having the best vision from the party. And as you look back, you can see almost like a laser light show, just this green and red arcane energy just busting through Mediterranean, the smoke billowing off of it. And as you get a certain distance away, you watch as the grayscale fades and you're suddenly met with blue skies. Looking back in the direction, Mediterranean is definitely not safe, but the six of you make your way towards the shore, quickly find shelter amongst the forested area around you and you make your way northeast to the friends you know in Cadmia. That's it for this week's episode of D&D Valiant Odyssey. We want to thank you guys for tuning in weekly to hear the tales of the Crown Killers. Those Crown Killers are Kyle as Jasui, Maddie as Shavi, Michael as Drew, Tom as Mardox, and myself, Aaron, as the Dungeon Master. Now, unfortunately, this is the last time you're going to hear from the Crown Killers for Season 3, but fear not, they will return in the Valiant Odyssey's final season as they make their way back to Cadmia. Between now and the next episode, you have the opportunity and the chance to send a question of your choice to any Crown Killer member, and they're going to answer those questions in our mailbag episode. So feel free to go and ask those questions in any way that you can. You can contact us via DM on Instagram, through Discord, or through direct email, which is featured in our show notes. If you want to ask a question and you're not part of any of those communities, you can also follow the link below, which will take you to our Google form. This will take you between the sheets of some of Valiant Odyssey's favorite rascals. So make sure you go ahead and ask those questions today. The next arc of D&D Valiant Odyssey will take us back to view the events of the Odyssey crossover episodes from the perspective of the Forgotten Four. While the Crown Killers were plane hopping, avoiding Demon Turtles, and finding the Rod of Fathoms, we take a look at Morvan, Rengar, Baron Barnabas, and Gorgonbort on their epic quest to find more godly weapons to destroy Delnak the Outcast. Adventure awaits in the coming weeks of Valiant Odyssey. You don't want to miss this, so tune into our socials those links are in the show notes below so you can never miss a thing at the odyssey thank you again guys and as always be valiant